0: episode of Turkish TV time. Uh, today we're talking about Fatma episode three, which was absolutely wild. What a graphic murder at the end. Holy crap. I'm still traumatized, but I'm really into this show. I feel like Fatma has become a lot more vocal and interesting. So I'm really excited to talk about it. And I think maybe I figured out a big plot twist, but I could also be a hundred percent wrong. So I'm interested to see what you guys say.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean. She's definitely grown a lot. I've I've been really into that.
0: Yeah. I am not drinking anything, but yesterday I had frozen prickly pear margaritas and they were so delicious.
1: What is a prickly pear?
0: It's like the red fruit that grows on top of those cactuses. It's like a thing in New Mexico and it's delicious.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
0: Any tea?
2: Um, no, not on my end. (laughs) Not on mine, although I have a completely insane dog, so we may hear him. I apologize. Does he want tea? He might, well, yeah, I don't know what he wants. Probably probably more solid food, but... (laughs)
0: Um, Alright, well, with that rigging endorsement of drinking tea while discussing Turkish TV, we will continue on to Sophia telling us what happened in this crazy episode.
1: This episode, the, the beginning is kind of confusing in terms of time. So we have Fatma having a conversation with Bayram where He's kind of like telling her that she needs to kill this guy, Ekber, um, which we had heard last episode. Um, and then we flash forward, we find out, because um, there's Fatma in like some sort of storage room and she's beating the crap out of this guy. But then we go back to what we had seen last episode where she gets a phone call in the middle of Ismail's, um, I don't know what you would call that, like a wake sort of thing. Like not funeral, but like pre-funeral, post
2: I don't know. I'm not entirely yeah, I think sure. Wake is yeah,
0: wake. Yeah, it's word. something
2: akin to awake. Yeah, I don't know what the official, like, English term for the Islamic custom is, but it's the same
1: kind of thing. So she goes to get her phone number, and it's kind of like a staticky thing, like, number. It seems like, oh my God, Ismail is still messaging her. But this person actually speaks. So it's not Ismail. Um, but we don't know whose voice it is. So I think
0: it's Serdar, isn't it? Is the it the lawyer, or is that a different? Is time? it
2: Serdar, the guy she killed? Oh, oh no,
0: Cedar, sorry.
2: I don't know. I didn't quite figure that part out. So we might all three have missed something. Okay.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> this is where you come for accurate descriptions of what happened. <laughs> we'll check up on that.
1: So then she um, goes to the mall. Well, this guy like uh, goes to find her, and he's the lawyer whose name uh, I think you said Sedar. I don't remember.
0: Cedar. Yeah, and he's he is the one that called her. Okay. And was Cedar? like, I want to meet with you.
1: Okay. Oh right, right. So he just like sits with her in the food court, yeah. and she he's like, I know what happened. And so she kind of, like, like we've seen in the past episodes that she, like, anytime anyone, like, kind of opens the door for her to, like, confess everything, she's, like, ready to confess. (laughs) So she's, like, there, and she's about to confess, and then he's, like, no, about your son. And she's, like, what? And so it turns out that her son was killed in some sort of accident, I guess, with the same construction company. Well, we don't know what happened. Um, But basically what we find out is that um, Safa did know about their, like her son's death and that he got a settlement from the construction company. So it was definitely some sort of accident um, where she could have gotten some compensation on their part and her husband like got the money and ran away. So that explains much more clearly why he's out of the picture. So she's like, I think she's about to go into work but then she sees like a ton of police people and since she's very, very paranoid, she runs away, and she uh, tells this guy to tell to take her somewhere with his car. Like he's like, where should I take you? And she's she says, like, you just drop me off along the way. So um, she doesn't seem to want to reveal where she lives either, or like any more information to this guy than she needs to. So she's in the parking lot, and she's kind of freaking out because there's all of these police officers everywhere. Um, And she thinks they're coming toward her, but it turns out that they're escorting this guy, Ekber, who apparently is a very, very big deal because he has like a police escort of 20 people or something ridiculous. They were
2: literally like charging toward the area that his car was pulling up to. Like that was, it was so so extra.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was super extra. And then She she kind of realizes that they weren't coming to get her. So she gets in the car with uh, the lawyer who kind of like calls her because she like was clearly not paying attention to anything. She was just focused on these police people not capturing her. So she's in the car and they're like having a little conversation and he gives her his card and they get to the exit of the mall and there's a security checkpoint. And she again gets really nervous and basically jumps out of the car while he's not Paying attention. So clearly, I mean, there's a motif of her feeling very paranoid about everything, um, and very fearful of getting caught. And so, then she goes to the author's house, and he's kind of just like chilling there. And he wants it. He sends a gift for the other girl for the. Um, I don't know the girl's name, but it's from Sarah. the very nice apartment. See
0: that, Sarah. What.
1: Sarah okay so he like sends her a butterfly and we don't know why he knows that she exists I don't know if he's like an estranged grandfather or just like a random um benefactor I don't even know what to call he might him. just
2: he might just know from talking to Fatma that she cleans a house where there's a little girl and yeah. like she likes the little girl so I feel like it might just be like him being I don't know Again, them being close and like him knowing these things.
0: Yeah. That's
2: what I attributed to, but we'll see. that Everyone seems to have an ulterior motive.
1: True. Yeah. I, I just made the, made up the idea in my mind that he was like an estranged family member just because it would make more sense to me in my head. But it, yeah, I think what you said is probably what it is, except I still think it's kind of weird for him to send a gift to another one of her clients. But I guess it'll have some meaning, maybe. I don't know. So they're having some sort of conversation. I can't remember what the conversation is about. Oh, right. She's also, again, about to come clean to him as well. Um, And then he, like, mansplains to her why she's feeling the way that she's feeling. That's
0: the perfect way to describe it.
1: And I think it goes back to her son again, doesn't it? Like, he's like, you're feeling guilty that your son died, but like, it's not your fault. Or I don't even remember what he says, but he's definitely like mansplaining her feelings to her.
0: Yeah. She like Like confesses to murdering the guy and he's like, oh yes, you must feel very guilty about your son. (laughs) She's like, what?
1: (laughs) I guess the son is also the perfect vehicle for everything and to send her to get caught as easily every time she confesses to killing Mm -hmm. someone. So this guy, well, Fatma is is clearly very, very distressed. She she increasingly doesn't know what she's going to do because I think she's feeling increasingly paranoid that she's going to get caught. So she goes to, to this guy's bathroom and goes and checks out the gun. I think she takes the gun as well, doesn't she? And she gets home and she sees the little picture of her family with Safar and Ous, And she she has uh, some sort of flashback to one time she went to the police station with Ous, and they had to wait for a long time. And uh, they, it, it's finally stated in this episode that he's autistic. So he gets very upset from the noise and from all the waiting at the police station. He He's kind of, you know, very upset. So she tries to get some attention from the police officer, that she's, she's still trying to find her husband, who at this point has been missing for about a week, it seems. So what we're piecing together is kind of the timeline that Safed got out of jail, disappeared, and then sometime the child died. So it seems like that's what's going on. And as usual, the, this police guy is not really paying a lot of attention to her um, and not fixing stuff. So then she goes to work at the the child and the woman's house and the mother is like very flustered because she needs to leave for work and Fatma was late. And so Fatma is like talking to the little girl and the little girl is kind of sad because this boy was bullying her at school and like um, telling her that she couldn't play soccer or something. Was that it? I think so. Yeah. And she so Fatma has some childhood flashbacks as well. Like we've seen that she's in a barn with her sister and she's hiding from this man who's a butcher. So she has uh, these sorts of flashbacks where she's telling her sister to be careful and to not um, like to yell if she if if something happens and that she'll be there for her. And she has like this little tick where she'll scratch her hand when she's nervous or stressed out. So... I don't know, even know why she decides to get together with her sister again. It might be just because she's having all these childhood flashbacks.
0: Yeah, which I are making she's her... just feeling like, hmm, maybe I should improve my relationship with her. That, that doesn't yeah, work Yeah, or out. she's feeling
1: protective of her sister. I don't even know. So she goes again to have a tea with her at the same place. And, the, and she asks her sister kind of if she remembers anything. Um, kind of like trying to find out if this guy had ever hurt her sister which was she was trying to prevent that but it seems like the guy still was able to hurt her sister Mm, so again they have kind of a non-very not very successful conversation where she basically tells her sister that she was always trying to protect her and that she really cares about her and her sister's like you weren't able to protect me (laughs) so it's kind of a sad scene um and then she's walking off and this guy in a pickup truck comes to get her. And he's like, come with me. I'm with Bidam. So like, you can't tell me that you don't want to come with me. And I think she's able to run away, isn't she? Yeah. And then he, cor- like, she gets cornered um, against a building and it seems like she's very afraid of heights and Bitem comes from behind and basically threatens her and tells her that she needs to kill akbar because i mean that's that and that he knows that she killed ismail and that he has proof and he can like put her in jail basically if if she tries to do anything weird so they just leave, leave her on the ground and and they they go away and so she goes back to to the mall and she's able to catch up with Akbar. And she's able to get into the office. I don't even remember how. I think she says she's a cleaning lady, or she says she's Sefer's wife. Um and I think again
0: Akbar was waiting for like a delivery of drugs from her or oh. something. Like she was acting as a mule. That's what I thought. Oh.
1: Okay. Yeah. I don't think I caught that. And so he he walks into his his office with this woman like young beautiful woman um who's scantily clad and she walks into his office again she's doing her classic thing where she's trying to find out where her husband is which I mean it's going to be hard to find him I don't think he's around so this guy's really not a nice person and he threatens her and Yeah, basically he says that she's like worthless and that she has nothing against him and that um, she shouldn't just come here and and try to fight him because nothing's going to happen. So she gives him the drugs that um, Bayadam gave her, which are supposed to knock him out or kill him, in fact, but it doesn't seem like they work. (laughs) Um, He just gets kind of like zombified out and... Like, right as, as she's about to kill him, I think. Or it, it seems like she's going to do something. His girlfriend or this woman walks in her underwear. And Fatma, again, is in that whole protective vibe of, like, you know, protecting her sister, protecting women. And she approaches this woman and says, like, I know you're hurt. I know something happened to you. And this and gets her to open up. And she reveals that Akbar, like, knocked out all of her teeth. And basically abuses her and and treats her really badly and she's trapped basically and so she she gets the woman gets really upset from everything that fatma tells her and so she basically doesn't know what to do and fatma at this point i think decides that she needs to kill this guy because it seems like he's regaining consciousness so he starts to also push her around. She pretends like she's leaving. This guy goes after her and, and she she hides in a storage unit and he comes in and she like kicks him and and then he chokes her and then she is able to knock him to the ground and she grabs this broomstick that has like a sharp edge. And she has a flashback to I think this older guy that used to, I don't know if the word is like assault or like molest or i don't know what the guy did and so she has a flashback to this and she gets extremely extremely angry and kills him really graphically with the broomstick and that's the end of the episode
0: yeah it was super fucking gross (laughs) but it was awesome uh so now we're gonna move straight into our gossip slash spilling tea section something you said that I didn't pick up on Sophia was the timeline of Oz's death I didn't even think about that but you're right like I always assumed that he died while Zafair was in jail but we learned this episode that he didn't which I didn't even think about
1: yeah that just seems
2: to make everything more
0: shady yeah so like I wonder if Zafair had something to do with his death even
2: it seemed like in the um I'm sorry again about my dog dear listeners (laughs) um but it seemed like wasn't there a photo or, like, there was a flashback to something, like, a family moment where Zafaa was, like, standing apart also from Oz He, like, wasn't... Like I feel like there was a picture of the three of them and Zafaa was, like, not having his arm, arm around his son kind of a thing.
0: So... Okay.
1: I think there was some, some verbalization that he yeah. was not comfortable with his son yeah. having... Yeah.
2: So he he might have, even if he wasn't involved in the death directly, he was at the very least obviously comfortable enough with him dying and not, you know, wanting to prolong it and to benefit from it economically and also to aid his, whatever, his escape, I guess, to fund it. (laughs) So definitely shady. I think he's going to have the most graphic murder of all by the time she
0: finds him. I hope so. I mean, it's so weird because the whole show, she's been like desperately looking for him as if he's like a wonderful partner and she thinks that like they have some great romance and like, you know, she just can't wait for him to come back to her. And then this episode, we realized that he's just a complete asshole who didn't love their son. And like, what is she doing desperately searching for him? I don't understand.
1: Well, probably it's, it's like a stability thing and an economics thing. She doesn't really have money to support herself on her own. And He's always been the person that's, I, I'm not sure I'm making an assumption, but I think that before he went to jail, she was a stay-at-home mom. I don't know.
0: It seems that because way, yeah.
1: I think her sister says something about her, like, why is she, um, um you know, cleaning people's houses?
0: Yeah. And then can we talk about the, the lawyer meeting? Because I had it. A- I don't know if i had a different interpretation or if i just heard things wrong but it seemed to me like they were saying like they were blaming the child for whatever happened and that's what um zafir signed off on so that's I, mean, I think weird. i thought
2: it was just releasing but if the construction company is being released of all liability in that situation then i guess the blame does that that, that means the child the victim is liable um or is at least there's the responsibility and therefore the company isn't liable whatever however the, the legalese would be there um so that's why like it basically took us an off, off the record settlement pretty much right like it felt like it was because the word the phrase they used in turkish was blood money like it was like it, it, yeah. it, it oh, didn't yeah. seem like well i guess it was a legal document i don't know it just i thought i wasn't sure if it was like completely under the table like hush hush or like legitimate signed document i guess it was the latter if the lawyer was
0: bringing it i assumed it was yeah just like a out-of-court settlement but without Um, an admission of guilt by the construction company. by the company yeah yeah so my question is like did he wander on the construction site and like just fall off something or get hurt or like did something more nefarious happen i don't know probably nefarious probably nefarious if i had to bet i would bet on nefarious
1: i mean honestly if if like what they've been building up about sefer it seems like he would probably be willing to get rid of his son if Mm -hmm. he really disliked him so that's my hypothesis now Rather than Fatma, although Fatma is still. I'm
2: super worried. A the child and Fatma that I'm super worried about is Sarah. I feel like nothing good is gonna happen to that little girl. I mean, because she knows. She knows. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot to mention that in the recap that she tells Fatma mm-hmm. like, Was why he did he kill you kill that
0: man? Yeah. I don't think her? Fatma would hurt her.
2: I don't know like how in control of herself she is when she gets into <laughs> her little murder state.
0: Her murder state. (laughs)
2: Um, also, can we discuss? I don't think she's a serial killer because she doesn't have an MO, she's killing people. I think
0: she's, but I agree, I think she's a vigilante, she's Batman. yeah. Yeah,
1: no, but I think that she's still a serial killer because she's still killing people a lot, and like her response to people being crappy is to kill them. Like, I'm sure. Well, no, we haven't, but like I I'm sure that there there's probably people in those types of situations who don't kill those okay.
2: According to the Oxford English Dictionary, a person (laughs) who commits a series of murders check, often with no apparent motive, and typically following a characteristic predictable behavior pattern. So if we say that some evil or bullying type behavior triggers it and then you know the rest of the but the rest of it seems to be pretty random depending on what situation she's in. And it does feel, if it's not premeditated necessarily. So I think you go both ways. Personally, my vibe is that she's not a serial killer, even though that sounds like sexier when you're telling people <laughs> about the show. Like it sounds yeah. cooler to call her a serial killer. But I'm yeah. with Sammy that it's more impromptu vigilanteism than. Yeah. Stuff. But I mean. I think it's a pretty open definition of these people are not ones you can fit into molds too well anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's Batman with serial killing tendencies.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's four. There's four kinds of serial killers. Oh. Um, where did this go? Okay. And this is the U.S. Department of Justice Office of Justice Programs Library Definition from wow. 1988. Four, I'll just say from the top, four are okay.
0: visionary.
2: I don't think she's, like, built out of vision here, so I wouldn't put her no, no, she's No, no, plan- ori-
0: she's not a planner.
2: <laughs> not a planner, yeah. Mission-oriented is where I would put her. Yeah. Hedonistic. No. Uh, which she's not. Uh, no fun in her life whatsoever. No. <laughs> and power slash control-oriented, which, I mean, she's kind of, like, resisting the existing power dynamic in some of these relationships but i wouldn't say it's about control well i don't know maybe maybe a little bit of i think control. she could
0: be number four yeah
2: yeah yeah reclaiming her control that she's like literally never had
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um, that's interesting yeah i think i think that would be that would be like a big theme of this
1: show because she like is fighting or still dealing with that trauma from her childhood yeah. and from being powerless in front of a gigantic dude who we don't know who it is but they show like these tiny little girls and then that yeah. giant dude so sad
0: so in terms of the twist that I think I'm predicting but could be 100% incorrect um when they're at the writer's house he's like staring at a woman's picture and then they have their heart to heart and he gives her something to give to Sarah, the little girl. I think that he's the dad. Could be. And maybe that's husband. why,
2: maybe that's why she goes to both places. Cause he knew of, like of her because she cleaned the main right. house. <laughs> she
0: used to clean their house and now yeah. she cleans both houses.
2: Yeah, I could see that. That's a, that's a good one.
0: And then that's- when she gives the butterfly or whatever it is to set up she's like shh don't tell your mom yeah yeah this is my theory i could it's be 100% a hundred percent hair
2: clip right the butterfly thing
0: oh is it a hair clip that would make sense she starts brushing her hair yeah yeah gotcha let's see i thought it was a fun little thing uh my we're watching this for my turkish class also and my teacher pointed this out that when she goes to the police station, she's even invisible in her ID card. <laughs> like, her face isn't visible and she gets in trouble for it. Yeah.
2: That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Also, like, what,
1: what I thought that it was her husband's ID card for some reason. Because she says that he he's missing or something, or he can't renovate think, it or whatever.
2: I think they so needed ID, to see it, her ID in order to, like, file the formal um, report.
0: But they wanted a picture of him, which she didn't have yep. on her. Let's see. Then we learn. Well, we learn that Sarah knows that it was Fatima. I don't know how that's going to factor in. I don't think that Fatima would hurt her. Um, but maybe someone could use her as leverage or she'll end up turning her in or something. I don't know.
2: She tells her pops and then pops Ooh. this prophecy of being murdered.
0: <laughs> oh, I like that. That's awesome. And then Sophia
2: <laughs> throws a goddamn party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great.
2: Oh, I just I just really dislike this character. I mean, yeah, that was that was really annoying. I I'm, I'm with you there. He means well, but he's definitely a uh, patriarchal.
0: <laughs> yeah, very much so. Then we have Fatma and her sisters meeting, which I guess the only thing that we learned from that was that the sister was definitely abused or molested by the same guy. So Fatma, you suck. It's
2: it's crazy that, like, I don't know, like the, the sister went through the same stuff, but Fatma is still like entirely invisible to her in terms of like whenever fatma tries to get any point across like she yeah just me that <laughs> so
0: fatma was like trying to tell her about her traumatic experiences and she's like shut up why are you yeah. talking about that
2: yeah i mean so much uh so much venom there whatever i mean i can't i can't judge her because she's been through hell obviously they both have but uh there's like no uh, camaraderie
0: after that experience
2: whatsoever. Mm. yeah
0: I think she's
1: also been traumatized yeah. Yeah, exactly. very deeply.
0: Then we have oh yeah, this was bizarre. This is in my what the fucks also. The meeting with Byram, and then the she runs away from the goon and then the goon shoots at her. Yeah. Which was like so extra and weird.
1: Does he does he get her?
0: No. But he fires a gun at her and it was like, what is the point of this?
1: Well, but how does she fall into the ground then?
0: She, like, dives behind a thing as he's shooting at her. It's very dramatic. Oh, yeah, then we have Ekbar, who fucking sucks. That guy.
2: They make it so easy to not root for the victims.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, wow, these people really deserve it. Yeah,
2: it's like, please just kill him already, except you don't have to impale him with a broomstick, but, like, just kill him.
1: (laughs) That was horrifying. Like, how did she have... Like a sharp broomstick at her display. It broke.
2: It broke She the broke struggle. it. Yeah. Didn't um, she? Yeah. yeah.
0: And then she... Ugh. And then she strangled him with her headscarf.
1: Yeah, she did. I forgot this about
0: stabbing that. wasn't enough.
1: No, no, no. There's a lot of layers she with the whole thing. She strangles him and <laughs> then she kills... Like, then she just stabs him forever.
0: <laughs> Seemingly in the face, oh but we God. can't see. I did want to say, like the confrontation with the young woman who was in the office in her underwear at first, I was like, Oh wow, this is like such an interesting take. Cause it's like sex work positive. And Fatima is like going in there being judgmental. And this girl's like, why are you judging me? Like my life's better than yours. But then of course it turned around and <laughs> Fatima was completely right and needed to protect her, which was disappointing.
1: She's not judging her. I don't think like she's, this woman assumes that Fatma's judging her but Fatma is like not
2: judgmental in general I think or like at least that's the way I perceive her. Yeah, I feel like she sensed that there was an involuntary element to the relationship or non-consensual element and that's when she got all mama bear about it. I think <laughs> had, I think if she had believed the girl's, like, I don't need your help speech. If, if, like, it had been a genuine speech, I don't, yeah, I agree with Sophia, but I think she sensed that it wasn't sex workers so much as, like, a slave to this man, and, like, she had no uh, option to leave the situation.
0: Mm -hmm. Her spidey sense was correct.
2: Do y'all think it's gonna be a murder, an episode, or, like, is this gonna (laughs) pick up?
0: Seems like, I mean, I don't know who, the jerk from the mall is left, I don't know who else is left that we would want to. I guess Bayram.
1: Yeah, I think she's going to. For sure.
0: Is Ekba
2: the construction company person, or is there someone else? No, I think there's Wait, someone
0: else. I don't know
2: what. That there's that someone guy? else.
0: There's the Silver Fox lawyer oh, guy. Oh, that's right. That's
2: him. That's him. I, I was like, was that Ekba? No. No. Okay. No. That guy needs to die too. Then.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: But the, the, I feel like they're probably those guys are probably going to be onto Fatma, especially the younger lawyer guy. And so like she's going to have to kill them to survive or like not to not go to jail in theory.
0: I don't want her to kill the younger lawyer guy. He's nice.
1: I don't they should run off him. into
0: the sunset together.
1: I don't think she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about where she hides her gun?
0: Did she hide it back at the writers again?
1: Mm, yeah, but why did, why does or I don't know if she hit it or she took it. That's my question.
0: She must have re hit it because she didn't use it this episode. So it must be back in the writer's bathroom, I guess, which I really feel like she needs to find a better hiding spot because <laughs> the writer's going to get dead.
1: Yeah, that writer is like weird. I'm sure something else is going to happen with him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, like, he could, like, figure out the whole thing and then just, like, not care and be like, hey, this is a great book. That would be good. But seems unlikely.
1: Yeah, I don't know. What What's your big plot reveal that you said you find?
0: Oh, it was just the that um, the writer is the dad of Sera and the ex-husband oh. of the other house that she okay. cleans. Yeah. Gotcha. That's my theory. I mean, he could also be like the grandpa.
1: Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I think he's like, as I mentioned at the beginning, I think he's in a strange family member. That's my conjecture.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that for sure. All right. So now we're going to move on into our history section where we are talking about stories, that have a meta story within them where the person in the story is telling the story. Um, so that's called meta narrative. apparently, I learned this today, which is defined as a narrative account that experiments with or explores the idea of storytelling often by drawing attention to its own artificiality. So apparently that's uh, Don Quixote is like the go-to um, oh, example. Oh yeah.
1: I did read that and I can I never read that. <laughs> so in the, in the book, they have this uh, narrative technique that's called the Chinese boxes where basically um, each I, that probably has a different translation into English. That's the Spanish. Cause I, of course I read the Spanish <laughs> and had a class about it in Spanish. Um, but basically there's like a lot of narratives all between, but um the story of don quixote itself and sancho panza is supposed to be like a story that was written by a monk that after like after it happened and it was found like the guy that wrote it is supposed to call to be called Cide amete benengeli and he's like some sort of traveler that heard the stories let me just double check to see if that's true but i think that's what it is Oh, so it's a, it's the the author of Don Quixote creates this uh, fictional Arab Muslim historian, um, who he says is the true author of the of the work. So okay, basically, like what they're saying is that somebody like met Don Quixote and like wrote the book or like some of the stories. and then somebody found the archives of La Mancha. and they were they were able to put together this story. Um, Because he says that he found Like an Arabic manuscript that was Titled The History of Don Quixote La Mancha Written by Sidi Hamete Benengeli, and an Arab historian So technically Like that's what they say And this is like of course all of it Is fake Um, Like it's made (laughs) up by the author but like It's kind of part of the Of the like interest Of the the novel Um, Mm -hmm. And It's I mean it's it's apparently that's um that was a common element in the in the like chivalry novels like you know there was a big like current of chivalry books and don quixote is like just making fun of everything in that genre because it's a very very funny book if you have read it like you will actually laugh out loud in some parts because he's just so incompetent as a as um as a what's it called as a knight so it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. So apparently this is a common trope in, in those sets of books. So he's huh. kind of making fun of it.
0: Interesting. The pop culture that I thought about was the Princess Bride, where it's the grandpa reading the book the whole time. And then Game of Thrones tried to do this at the end, where they were like, oh, Sam is going to write the history of the... But that was kind of weird. Um, and then one of my favorite fantasy series, uh, The Kingkiller Chronicles, also has this device where he's kind of telling the story of what happened to a chronicler. Also The Office, I guess, kind of. Does that count?
2: Yeah, it's kind of. That's true. Anything, any, any kind of uh, mockumentary with the confessionals, like a uh, modern family too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty common genre just because like it makes it all more, more interesting. There's a really famous uh, short story by Julio Cortázar Um, I, I, the name is escaping me right now, but basically the person who is the protagonist of the novel is reading a story about himself and like finding out what's going to happen to him based on the story that he's reading about himself. Oh no. And Cortázar is like a very big fan of, of those sorts of devices or was, and it's, it's really like mind blowing when you read it. It's kind of like, wow, this is crazy. What
0: about, wasn't there, um a series of books where like if the guy read something it came true like read it aloud and they made it into a really bad movie he's the familiar. yeah
1: yeah I think the book by the story by Julio Cortázar is called La Continuidad de los Parques I'm
2: pretty sure
0: oh Heart is the one That I was talking
2: about oh yeah I remember those books yeah Yeah. the books were good I think you're right that the movies were awful I never saw them but or one I can't remember if I saw
0: them or not but (laughs) definitely not good compared to the books yeah (laughs) yeah so our our writer in the story is doing this device and I feel like as Sophia predicted in like our first episode it's probably not going to end up well for him although Sophia didn't predict she said wow I really want that guy to die (laughs) Hey,
1: let me just put my name. What I said was, what was the name of, of the of the title we came up with for the person that we probably thought, oh, it was Fatman's hit list or something. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's all I said. I said I think this guy's gonna be next. <laughs> I did not wish anyone to
2: die ever.
0: Sure, 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 sure.
2: <laughs> if only we had a recording. <laughs>
0: Oh, I didn't even mention the, the Hobbit. That's how The Hobbit works. What oh, was it? Oh. Right? Like, it's Bilbo's I even, story. I even read that. I remember. <laughs> Bilbo writes a book called There and Back Again, uh, Hobbit's Tale. And that's the yeah. story. Okay. Phew. Would have been embarrassing if I forgot that. All right. So uh, now we are going to move on into our favorite section, which is what the fuck? Sultan of Success, and Fatma's Hit List. So, here we go. What would you like to do first?
2: Can I just ask, are we going to have Fatma's hit list even after we're done with the show? Can we just please like I continue so. to identify people that she needs to kill yeah, in other shows?
0: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> the segment will live on just like Sultan of Success has lived but on. Yeah, it's all, it's
2: all cumulative. We never eliminate a segment. Pretty soon it's going to be like an, an additional hour for the, the last. Which is good. Yeah, we'll start with the good with the Sultan of Success. Okay. Or no, let's start with the what the fucks and then.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. So what the fucks? I have a ton of what the fucks for this episode. First, I I really like this show and I like the theme of how she's invisible, but I feel like this is the third episode in a row where she's been like, oh my God, police. And then she goes up to them and they don't give a shit about her, which happened in the parking garage uh, this episode. So I was just a little bit like, what the fuck? Like, let's let's change it up a little bit. We talked about this but what the fuck they're being like 30 goons 30 heavies waiting for ekbar in the garage to come home with his mistress like what are they doing why are there so many of them and they're all ripped
2: why are they running that was so yeah as discussed that was my wtf was why are they literally charging <laughs> like it was like the, it was like the wildebeest stampede scene in the lion oh King. no <laughs> And she was, like, a little Simba, like, <laughs> towering in the parking deck.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> what, I mentioned this, what the fuck, the uh, Bayram's goon shooting at her, like, that was just so bizarre and random. And then, final, what the fuck? Don't get high on your own supply, Ekbar. What are you doing? How could he possibly be the head of this successful mafia group if, like, anytime somebody brings him some drugs, he's like, all right. what is he doing honestly but
1: also what the fuck it didn't kill him so like either yeah is his tolerance is
0: very high
1: (laughs) either he's a terrible assassin by or he wanted to walk fatma into a
2: trap
0: oh i didn't think about that
2: yeah he just seemed to want to wrap her around his finger more and more get her get her more desperate and therefore more likely to do whatever he wants Mm.
0: That's a dangerous game, yeah, um
1: If she had gotten yeah. captured by this guy and like then tortured to get information out of her or something, he would have lost, like it would have been his loss.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. My vision of it was just that he literally just does drugs all day, every day. And so <laughs> the poison <laughs> couldn't even work on him. Much like in The Princess Bride.
1: <laughs> I think my WTFs um, are more... Or wait, were you going to say anything?
0: No, no, no. Go ahead.
1: Um, I was just going to say, I'm very confused about what Akbar does and why he has an office at the bottom of a mall. And how if he's a like a mafia guy, he has like such a big police custody. Or were they actually looking for Fatma, which I don't think, but... I don't
0: were they police or were they just security guys No there
1: were a ton of police people and that's why she got really freaked out like on the escalator yeah. and then uh when she's in the car they're checking the cars in the entrance and like yeah i guess he owns the mall but like why would he live in the parking lot of the mall if he's extremely rich or is that- <laughs> I don't
2: know if he li- i don't that's know if he lives great there what the fuck
0: though there. sophia like he should have a nice ass corner office with windows
2: but like he launders his drug money through the mall so he wants like somewhere where he can conduct his business on the <laughs> premises premises I guess I don't know
1: also it seems weird that he has all of the security and then they n- none of them go with him into the office
0: yeah I think they were just like they ran to the car and then they ran away once he got inside I don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they get their I guess maybe he was gonna have sex with this woman so they knew that they shouldn't be around I don't know but
0: hmm. that's he, he would
2: like, he would literally latch onto the throat of anyone who came within like arm's reach of him that's when he true. was in zombie mode. That was so scary. <laughs> zombie mode, true. Yeah, that's literally, he was like completely not thinking, but like only with the urge to harm. It was, yeah, very scary. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was super creepy when she was leading him around by the car keys. Like, I do not, yeah watch horror movies at all and that was like oh scary
1: yeah I think um my other what the fuck I still think it's weird that the author gave this little girl the pin like it's I don't know it's just odd especially her
0: dad when
1: there's such a big theme of like child abuse and like all this stuff like why would this guy be giving a little girl that he doesn't know again
2: Oh, that's dark. That's dark, oh, Sophia. Sophia. Oh, nothing like that. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> boo. <laughs>
1: oh, weird. I I like don't trust any of the men on the show for obvious reasons.
0: <laughs> what are your what the fuck, Sazgi?
2: So I already I already shared the uh, the charging the Lion King <laughs> stampede scene. Um, the other thing is just like I, I mentioned this earlier too, the relationship with her sister and the fact that they just absolutely have not not that this is like unthinkable this could this could very well happen and they're both deeply traumatized but just like the fact that there's no closeness there whatsoever there's no ability yeah to connect or understand each other everything turns into at least a one-sided screaming match mm-hmm. every time they interact um i guess it's not really like again not totally unimaginable or unthinkable or unrealistic but it's very concerning and sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it bothers me greatly and i hope they their relationship at least somehow improves over the course of the remaining episodes
0: i feel like it will like maybe Fatma will have the opportunity to protect her younger sister in a way that she couldn't when they were younger use her newfound batman skills that would be good okay sultan of success I have a vote I'm gonna vote for Sardar for being a nice person trying to do the right thing and having his shit together
1: hmm he's very nice but I would not say he's the sultan of success
0: (laughs) who do you want to be the sultan of success
1: hmm I think Fatma would be the sultan of success
0: (laughs) for committing gruesome broom murder
1: (laughs) I think she was able to get out of get out
2: some of her aggression and trauma.
0: <laughs> oh my god, Eski?
2: I mean, yeah, it's really hard to not just keep. Oh, actually, set up for being eagle eyes. I'm gonna pick her. Ooh, okay.
1: yeah, that's well, a good one. Yeah. Also, that and she got a present, which is a
2: huge thing. Yeah, that's pretty dope. That's she pretty got
0: dope. bullied, but she got a present. So. Yeah. I don't know how that lays out,
2: but I mean, she saw something that literally no other human being on earth. saw. So.
0: Yeah, no, I'm so, down to give her that. I mean, I think it's, it's trying to say something about like how children haven't been corrupted by like yeah. socio political and socioeconomic status or something. All right, good. Sarah. And then we have to do Fatma's hit list. I mean, I kind of want to say Bayram, but I don't actually think he'll go in the next episode, but I think he deserves it.
1: I don't know. I think Bayram Def is next. And then who knows who's going to come after her because of the Ekbar
2: thing?
0: Oh, yeah. That could be a whole other, like the head, head, Ekbar's boss comes after her or something like that.
2: I think the silver fox has to be here pretty soon because, I mean, she knows (laughs) there was blood money involved
0: yeah oh yeah i From
2: mean
0: really now that you bring that up Zafira should be the top of the
2: the first the top i just feel like he's going to be harder to get to yeah on the way to him i think the construction company silver fox <laughs> will be slain.
0: that'll be a good but, one he'll be like explaining yeah. law to her and she'll be like okay you're dead <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm gonna kill you with your strangling you with your computer monitor cord or something i don't know <laughs> your Rolex <laughs> your skinny tie <laughs> yeah Ooh, I wonder if one of like a good twist a good uh wrinkle to give Fatma further paranoia and headaches would be if uh uh the lawyer somehow like if she murders the silver fox, the lawyer sees or like you know because he's like a good guy Ooh. But he might be, he might be in a, you know, gray area morally in terms of like, do I protect her? Because obviously, like, she has a horrible life.
0: And he also knows his boss is an asshole.
2: Right, right. But he's also like a lawyer, a lawyer who still seems to be like an idealist despite working for a corporation. So
0: maybe this is going to just turn into like a TV version of horrible bosses.
2: (laughs) Very, just kind of a late start to that, uh, to that <laughs> motif. But yeah. yeah, maybe. <laughs> so okay. So number one is Zofan. Number one yeah. must kill.
0: Yes. Number
2: yeah. two, probably Silver Fox for like somehow being culpable. And <laughs> he hasn't death.
0: done anything, which is the funniest part. But I'm yeah, I'm totally on board.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number three, Bitem.
0: What'd you say, Sophia? No, I was just
2: saying. What about Bitem?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Bitem, yeah. Bydom, yeah.
2: I just feel like she's going after the people who like directly
0: hurt her and her son. Yeah.
2: First, that's why I put the other two in front of Bidam. But Bidam may just like get in her way too much and get cleared out first. Yeah.
0: I'd like to add um, Bidam's heavy who shot at her to the list also. Heavy. Oh yeah. my
2: God, Sammy. I did hear I did hear the term heavy on good girls the other day.
0: Oh my God. Like,
2: they're like, you can't just be a professional heavy or like professional heavies don't get paid well enough or something like that. I was like, oh, did Sammy write this there script? There
0: you go. <laughs> That's a real
1: word. You and I need to make a <laughs> meme for every show about the words that Sammy tries to make happen yeah. on- <laughs> yeah.
0: we
2: watch. And it's just much like fetch, it never uh-huh. happens. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> it basically it's that meme like stop make stop trying to make fetch happen, but like stop trying to make Twitter repeating happen. Stop trying <laughs> to make
0: <Twitter-peating> happen.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't even
2: know what I good, I'm good Twitter about. content, right there.
0: Twitter fading is happening, guys.
2: Nope. You indirectly made it happen by insisting it's so real for so long that so <laughs> we just keep saying it. <laughs> True.
0: All right. Did we do it? I think. We did. I think
2: so. All
0: that right.
1: That really well, concise.
0: Yeah. Was. Go us. Next time, come back for a two-hour episode <laughs> where we add five segments. so congratulations to our sultan of success Sarah we hope that Fatima murders your bully in some disgustingly graphic way in the next episode (laughs) Um, actual top of the hit list
2: we do not endorse child murder
0: (laughs) yeah no definitely not but think about it Fatima but um, wink,
2: but audible, <laughs> audible wink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wink. Um, <laughs> next time we'll be talking about episode four. I can only imagine what hijinks and mental unraveling Fatma guts through in the next episode. I'm excited to watch it and talk about it. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.